Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. All right, welcome back for the Connor Happer Show. You're on 1620 The Zone and on 1620TheZone.com. Connor Happer, Josh Hudson with you. Just a little over 48 hours away from the Super Bowl on Sunday evening in Las Vegas. We talked Chiefs yesterday. Let's go to the 49ers side. Kate Rooney from KRON in the Bay Area joins us now on the 42 Degrees of Source Hotline. Kate, hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Been in Vegas for about 72 hours, so I'm sure you guys know how that feels. That's but okay. Yeah. So that's not that bad. We we had this discussion yesterday with with basically your counterpart from from Kansas City, and we're and and I don't know what the line is, but it's somewhere around where you're at right now. Four days <laughs> is probably a little bit too long. Four days is a little bit too long. You know, it's it's one of those things where I've been here for about 24 hours. Got in Tuesday, and it. But by the time I was having lunch on Wednesday afternoon, I realized it felt like I'd been here for a week already, but in a good way. It means you're cramming a lot of stuff in. There's no shortage of fun stuff going on there. Yeah, day. you don't know. You don't know what time it is. You don't know where you're, right. you know, like you, you just know, okay, here's what I'm supposed to be doing at, at this specific time. I, that was one of the things we talked about yesterday as well. Like what's the, what's the setup been like for whether it's the media or just the events going on? around the Super Bowl and now we start to sort of transition into football. Like how have you how have you enjoyed the setup down there? It's been really great. Um, you know, I mean the strip is just so accessible. You can walk from casino to casino and so that's kind of how it's set up here. The media hotels lead directly towards where the convention center and Radio Row are set up in Mandalay Bay. That's also where the fan experience is. So tons of people milling around in this area. And then there's a bunch of installations and activations and other things going on on other various parts of the strip. So I, I would say Wednesday night, yesterday morning is when you really started to really feel that buzz. That's when a lot of the players' families started to arrive in town as well, when a lot of lot more fans started to arrive. Um, but the setup is great. I, I'm really impressed. I feel like this is a wonderful city to have a Super Bowl in. Uh, moving on to the football side. Um, the, the, have you, I guess, what has the team's reaction been and even Brock Purdy's reaction been to all of the conversation about Brock Purdy for the last, I mean, really it's basically been this entire season, but specifically right now is there's a giant spotlight on him. Like how have they handled that entire thing, which is for the record getting a little bit overdone probably. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where when you have, uh, they used to have the Super Bowl the week after the championship games, right? So now having two weeks, there's nothing to do, but rehash the same storylines. And like you said, this one's been a storyline all season long. I think it's really interesting because from the minute Brock Purdy took over the starting reins, we've all kind of seen how stoic and calm he is. Nothing ever rattles him. He never really shows any emotion when he talks to the press. From my observations, that's kind of how he is in the locker room, too. I don't, I'll see him laughing or goofing around with the teammate a little bit, but nothing over the top. And he, when we've asked him throughout the, the course of the season, his reaction to hearing from some of those pundits, reading from some of those headlines, he always seemed genuinely surprised. You, you get the impression that he just does not seek out any of that outside information at all. 
people don't relate it to him. And he laughed it off for the most part. He doesn't hmm. feel like that has anything to do with him, the way he prepares. He knows his teammates believe in him. And that's pretty much all he cares about. It's a really different vibe from when Jimmy Garoppolo was with the team. They liked Jimmy. They all got along well. They considered him a brother. But they were doing a lot of defending Jimmy. They always got a little defensive when his shortcomings brought up. Not the case with Brock. With Brock, they just brush it off and say, Brock's our guy. We wouldn't be here without him. He seems, and, he, he seems to – sorry to cut you off there. He, he seems to have a pretty good understanding that – like, and especially this week when, you, when you're going to match up against Patrick Mahomes – it's easy to make comparisons and it's the biggest game of the year, but like he seems to have a really good understanding of where he stands sort of in the hierarchy, regardless of what people think about him. I've appreciated that about him this week. He's not making a bigger deal out of anything really. Yeah. My sense is that he's been this way his whole life. He just feels that it is his job to play the game of football the best he can. Be as prepared as he can be, use all the tools in his disposal He's used to being underestimated, wasn't heavily recruited out of high school, certainly wasn't getting that much attention coming out of college, despite how well he played at Iowa State. And, you know, his, his coaches there will tell you that he made a huge impact on that program, kind of helped to make that program relevant um, in, in their league. And so he's, he's used to it. And all he's ever done is, like I said, kept his head down and played the game. And so you'll hear him say this, this week is no different. He's honed his preparation somewhat over the last couple of years, working with the different coaches that the 49ers have had. He gives a lot of credit to, you know, Bobby Slowick, Brian Greasy for helping him fine tune how you get ready for an NFL game, how you get ready for a postseason game. But even when he plays poorly, we've seen it over the course of the season. He'll often come back and have a really good game the following week. So he, he doesn't get worried when things don't go well. And that's such an under, uh, underrated attribute in a quarterback. I think he, he doesn't panic when um, he throws a pick, he just comes right back in and, and, takes the next snap when it's his turn, and, and oftentimes it goes well for him. We have the matchup of a couple of coaches who are really well-respected in the league and have, and have won a ton, offensive you know, masterminds they're, they're looked at as. like what does, what does a good offensive game look like for the 49ers? If everything is on schedule for them, if they feel like they can do what they want to do, what does that look like for them on Sunday? A couple of things. One getting out to a fast start. That is something the 49ers did really well when they started off in that five-game uh, streak to start the season of wins. They were getting out there and scoring on their first possession every single time. And that's the tone they want to set. Kyle Shanahan also loves to establish the run early, and that was something that was kind of missing in those postseason games against the Lions and the Packers, particularly against the Packers. We didn't see Christian McCaffrey get very many carries in that first first half really so that was that was kind of a surprise and definitely not something that he plans to repeat um i expect him to get the playmaker the ball in his playmaker's hands early and often and just try to find an offensive rhythm that was lacking in those last two postseason games yeah um and then on the defensive side for san francisco what do you like how do you even start with all right so we know what their offense is they have a pretty good run game they're not terribly explosive their wide receivers have had problems this year but then we also have to deal with with Patrick Mahomes. Like I, I, I'm interested in how you go about defending that. Obviously, San Francisco has the has the personnel to do so. Their defense has been really good this year. Um, but like, how, where where does that go? Especially with another week of preparation for both sides to sort of you know scheme things up and get guys in the right spot. Yeah, I know that that is really, I think, the matchup, right? It's it's Patrick Mahomes against the 49ers defense, and mm-hmm. and how crafty he can be, how great he is at making those off schedule plays, and historically, the 49ers have not done so well 
again, it's Patrick Mahomes in those situations. I think that they really believe that these are two different rosters, even from last season when they played the Chiefs and kind of got smacked at Levi Stadium. But it, it, it is all about that. It's about trying to force Patrick Mahomes into making those off-schedule plays, making that his only option, taking away Travis Kelsey if they can, which is also another really tough task. Um, but more so than that, I think it's up on the for- it's on the incumbent on the 49ers defense to execute, to get to the ball, to set the edge of the defensive line. Their front seven has not been performing the way you would expect, and that is not, quite frankly, just not going to cut it. So they need to put forth a much more impressive effort than they have been doing of late. They, ha- they need to have gap integrity up front, and those are all things that they've really struggled with. You don't have a, a prayer of stopping Patrick Mahomes if you can't do those kind of basic things on the defense. So it starts there, getting back to those fundamentals. You know, Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan are kind of similar in the sense that none of them are too interested in the trickery when it comes yeah. to their offensive playbook and their game plan. So I don't think you have to worry about that too much. It's really about fundamentals and execution. I know it sounds simple, but I believe that that's what it's going to come down to. It, it's, it really is. It's really a simple football game when you, when, you, when you kind of get into it and what the coaches are sort of all about. They're going to try and make it as complicated as they can in between, but it's kind of, it's kind of simple in the meantime. You, you mentioned something earlier in – and talking about how the the Niners would love to get off to a fast start. I mean, you know, duh, it's a football game, but everybody, it, it's been specifically important for for them this year. What what has led to them maybe not getting off of on the right foot so far in their two playoff games? And then, you know, I guess what can they do to make that different coming up on Sunday? Well, I think it's a combination of things. One, I think both the Lions and the Packers came into the game um, hot which is always helpful in the NFL yeah. postseason, and, and the Chiefs are certainly the hot hand right now. Um, and they also came in with nothing to lose, right? Both those teams played with their hair on fire from the very first snap because they both exceeded expectations this season. And so when, when that's the case, you can, you can you know, kind of come out there and do whatever you think you have to do, play almost recklessly in a way, as aggressive as possible. And they tired themselves out a little bit, as you could see, over the course of, of four quarters. Um, but also, so, so that's, that's one of the things the 49ers have to be prepared for and, and not, you know, kind of um, be on guard for, I guess, I guess you could say. And then the other thing is, again, I, I'm just going to kind of repeat myself here, but I think it goes back to really establishing the run. Christian McCaffrey just yeah. won the Offensive Player of the Year last night. Get him the ball. He, he was such a huge part of those early scoring um, drives that we saw early in the season, and he – he can do it almost single-handedly if you get the ball in his hands, right? So I expect that to be the method. And then with a healthy Debo Samuel, a healthy Brandon Ayuk, and even though George Kittle has been limited in practice, he should be healthy too. I mean, they've, they've got their full cadre of offensive weapons. I think Shanahan's going to mix it up and just try to make sure that they're getting a bunch of different looks that the Chiefs can't quite figure out early. Kate Rooney, K-R-O-N in the Bay Area. All right, Kate, well, you got a couple more days to to grind it out and get through a, a long week in Vegas, but we appreciate you doing this. Thanks for your coverage, and, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. My pleasure. Great talking with you. Thanks for having me. That is Kate Rooney, K-R-O-N in San Fran, or the Bay Area, I suppose. I lo- I- Whichever you prefer. Hey, look. Any anytime we get someone on who's like actually in Vegas, or I, I'm just going to talk about Vegas every time. I just want to ask mm-hmm. about Vegas. I want to see what's going on in Vegas. What's it like to spend a week in Vegas? You got the itch. I got maybe a little bit. Yeah, you know, talking about it certainly gives me the itch. Watching all of the 
all the coverage from the Super Bowl this week is certainly giving me the itch a little bit. Well, you're going to spend like the next month out there. So. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think so. I think that's the plan. <laughs> Maybe we'll just we'll just stay out there for a little while. But like I said, I don't want to be there for for two weeks in a row. But might have to at some point. Got to do what you got to do, right? I mean, we'll see. Um, so I, I love that conversation at the at the start there. Um, and then to finish with the with the what they do early, what both teams like to do early. That's something I want to get to, and we'll we'll lay out some prop bets a little bit later on in the show. So I went back and I looked at how these teams have done on their first drives. There is a prop bet about first drives. Ooh. So San Francisco has scored. So they've played what uh, seventeen plus two nineteen games this year. And they on those drives, on those first drives, their first offensive possessions of the game, they've scored nine touchdowns, three field goals. So they're scoring, you know, 12 out of 19 times. And then they missed a field goal once, so got a field goal attempt, right? Got themselves in position. Two turnovers, one fumble, one pick, and then they've only punted four times. Oh, no. The, the theory is both of these teams are – they have really good coaches – and especially when they're on script, right? It's tied zero zero. You're up seven, or you're down seven nothing. Basically, that's those are the situations in which you're going to have your first possession, or or your, um, you know, have a field goal in there too. Mm-hmm. Kansas City less successful on first drives this season. They've punted eight times. They've kicked six field goals. They've missed one of them. So they've gotten themselves seven field goal attempts and scored four touchdowns. So they've got eleven drives where they've had the opportunity to get points. But like I said, they punted eight times and they turned the ball over once. They they Mahomes threw one pick, and they had you know both teams have sort of gone through their ebbs and flows of their season. Are you playing well? Are you not playing well? Um, but that's been a key for Kansas City in the playoffs, and it's been a key that has gone against San Francisco so far in the playoffs. So, which version of that will we get on Sunday? Will be pretty interesting. I'll lay I'll lay one prop out for you right here then. So the either team to score a touchdown on the opening drive, either of them. Okay. Yes is plus 116. Given the stats that I just gave you, I think a, I think a touchdown by one of the two teams is pretty likely on our first drive of the game. Okay. On either one of their first drives. Now, earlier this week, I went and FanDuel Sportsbook there. I bet on both first drives to end in a punt. Okay. So we're on opposite sides here. Plus 300. Okay. So you just went a little little further odds. I mean, it's 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 one drive after all. So, and it's a Super Bowl. They're occasional. Now, both these teams have been here recently, so that might not be the case. But I think that both not- teams tend to sometimes play conservatively in that first, like, Maybe seven minutes, but but the, but the Niners, given what's happened to them so far in the playoffs, are going to want so desperately to score right away. Yeah, obviously you want to score every time, but I think there will be more urgency on that with San Francisco, mm-hmm. given what's happened. They, they like they cannot get down. You make they a cannot. Better, you can't yeah. do that in this game. If you do what you did against Detroit and Green Bay in this game, you're not coming back. It's it's Mahomes is just mm-hmm. going to eat you alive. Yeah. They're just going to have possession after possession. After possession. Like you make the better case. I went, ooh, plus three hundred. <laughs> ooh, 
look at that bright light. Shout Big out. number. That's cool. Congratulations on saying the largest bleeping number. <laughs> Thank you, Logan Roy. So we'll have some stuff on that um, a little bit later in the show just with our with our props. We'll have some gap right after we talk to Steve Sipple. Mr. Sipple. What's he been up to? Why didn't he rank Carter Nelson number one if he loves him so much? Pineapple. <laughs> Actually, he didn't get a vote, I suppose. But um, I, I, want, I wonder what it would have been. Maybe we'll ask him if he got one. Maybe we will. And then uh, also on some things that Matt Rule had to say this week, all to come with our best friend Stephen M. Sipple coming up on 1620 The Zone. But a quick reminder for you, a, a, along with many other things to do on our website, 1620thezone.com, here is one of the best things. You have a chance to win $5,000. Point blank period. Head to our website, 1620thezone.com. The Connor Happer Show. Follow us on Twitter, at Happer Show, for all the latest news and views. We may even say something interesting once in a while. Unlikely. Really, guys? Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.